I think we do on Wednesdays is crazy. We be wildin' on Wednesdays. Way back Wednesdays, we call it. Let's go, y'all. Let me see some footwork. Let me see some footwork. Jack, off there, I got to tell you the funniest story. Let me see some footwork. I, I just, only reason I'm saying off the air because I can't say the name of the person. This famous person. Come on, baby. It's Congratulations on your new show. I know how you get, so don't be too rough on them. Love dark. you and good luck. Bye. Love you too, monkey. Welcome to the Raw Perspective with your host, the incomparable Uncle Lays, aka Lays Elliot, aka Lazy Lays from the world famous. Kicking it with you in topics about health, politics, music, art, culture, and now for your host, the legendary Uncle Lays. Hey yo, what's up, y'all? Hey, yo, ladies, it's rock. Oh, yo, get in there and tell the people what it is, man. Let them know what this thing is all about. Come on, man. Information. That's what we do. We give it to you. We keep giving you the information. It's your boy, Uncle Lace, from the Raw Perspective. Shout out to my OSG family. Always shout out to my MOP first family. Oh. We built something great, man. It's great, man. It's great. Legendary. Legends. I mean, we throw that we throw that word around, legend, just because you was there. But actually, the accomplishments of some of these people that I've been blessed to deal with—that uh, is the, the I, I do not use the word legend lightly. All right. Now, before we get started, before I introduce my co-host, you know what? Let me let me bring my co-host in because you know what? We need that. We need to we need to turn up the real estate in this room a little bit. I know y'all tired of seeing me in the preamble. Ladies and gentlemen, all the way from the Bronx, New York, by the way of Jamaica, by the way of Syracuse University, this is my sister from another mother. We call her T.D. Lovett, a.k.a. Tanya. <laughs> Hazelhurst. Dawkins. went up. <laughs> the price went up. Tanya's in the building. T.D., what's up, sis? Oh, man. How you doing, TD? Is it you or I am? Are you excited about the Friday show? Because I'm very excited about the Friday show. Super I, excited about Friday. Yeah, okay. Friday is a lot of fun, man. We have a lot of fun on Friday. Uh, so I, at, I, I want you to know, Lace, I broke a heel. You know, I said break a heel. I done broke both my You heels. done broke a heel? You know, you know, I party before I get on. I just, that gets my energy up. You know what I mean? I'm a music. I like music, you know. Uh, first of all, let me just say this to you. It's always a pleasure to have my sister, who I love, T.D. Loving, in the building on Friday. And um, uh, this is what we do. Last week, we got a lot of great... Uh, everybody talked about how great your informative, uh, holistic healing uh, sem- uh, session was. And we got to do more with that for our community. Uh, as you know, we lost another comedian, A.J. Johnson, who passed away at 55 years old. So we got to figure out a way that we can talk to our brothers and sisters. And me, too. I need help, too, because, you know, I, you know I'm double nickels myself. And, and we got to figure out a way to let people know that 55 is not a death sentence for a black man in, this, in our community. And we got to figure out ways to get our, our people healthy. We need our people healthy because that wisdom is essential 
in our neighbor and 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 where we are now and, and these young men out there need the wisdom of us older uh of a, of a seasoned uh black men out there in this world so we need that don't you think so td absolutely absolutely how you doing sis i'm i'm fantastic i'm ready to rock oh we're gonna rock today it's gonna be a great time <laughs> Well, first of all, as I do every day, I give my shout out. First of all, I want to shout out Paul Tomasi. That's my man, Paulie. Uh, Fox Boogie Down, Beige. We love you, Fox. Hakeem Green, niece Jacko, my sister. Uh, by the way, uh, uh, TD, do you hear what Jacko and I do on Wednesday? Isn't that a lot of fun? Oh, yes, yes. We yes, do the music. We have a great job. You know, that's, that's awesome, man. She's such a great music. Uh, musical spirit, Anise Jacko, uh, live at 30. Shout out to Live 35. Shout out to my whole OSG family. Uh, Gary Bond, what's up, brother PG? Andre Woodard, what's happening? Isabel, Kamenzine, Lakeisha Williams, Sean Shine 399. Jules Holloway, Tamika Skinner, that's right. Uh, Brandon Farrell Brown, D Parks, love you, brother L Datio, Soprano Fly, what's up, Prano? Ty GD Davis, Carlos M. Lutz, Jamal Turner, Dexter Tebu, Mark Reiner, Rob Emery, Fame Academy, Sanjay Smokeshot members, travel expert, lyrics to go, and the hip obscene network. Yeah, there we go. I give those shout outs to my queue early because I just want to make sure the, uh, 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 what up, Tawana Fabi Brown? Good to see you. I just want to play those. So I want to make sure that, um, I get my, my queue shout outs first, but there'll be a lot more shout outs that I don't give all day. But trust me, a lot of people have been, been enjoying the raw perspective. I've been hearing a lot, a lot of messages telling me they like the show. So I'm, I am humbled and very proud and great that, uh, we are able to talk about subjects that matter and have fun doing it. Like, we're not all bugged out, not all, and the news today, the black man is being oppressed again. Like, we don't, we don't have to, you know, we can, you know, we can actually have a good time and have these conversations and also have, and, and be solution orientated without it being like, you know, just like, you know, like, a, like, a, like, like, like a pity party. We don't want that. So, so today, um, a couple things we want to talk about, something that's really bothering me and, um, before we get started uh, on certain on another subject, which I'm not going to jump in with at first, but I want to talk about what's going on in Haiti, and I want to make some clarifications. All right, uh, Tanya, you're from Jamaica, that's so that's your Haitian uh, brothers and sisters. They they've had a hard run. It seems almost like for 250 years they've had a hard run, huh? Um, they they they, they had a hard run. They had a hard run, yeah. That that those the people from, that, from the get from the jump from the jump they they freed themselves from oppression and then the government the French government then taxed them for the losses that the slave owners would have gained so the Haiti is kind of still paying the bill to the colonizers people don't even know that which is kind of crazy so the country's never been properly funded uh, and the French have been doing some really terrible things uh, uh, to the African continent what's happening in Africa all in the all in the, uh, you know, all in the, on the views of Christianity and, and everything else. But, you know, that's not Christian what they've been doing. Uh, places like Senegal, where they've been taking most of the money and giving them, taking 85% of their money and giving them back 15% to run the country. All those things are terrible. Terrible things that they've done. They've taken advantage of, uh, of, of the African continent. And as you can see, the people of Haiti has been taken advantage of. So I just want to make a couple of clarifications. First, uh, we don't want to ever see men on horses uh, uh, beating on Haitian pe- Haitian uh, uh, black people. 
uh, with with uh, with whatever it is. If it's not a whip, it's a what do you call the thing they use? Some the little flesh. The reins. Reins. Yeah. Rains I don't care what it is. I don't want to see. Why don't why I don't want to see nobody on a horse beating on no black people. And uh, and I'm gonna uh, tell you when I when I saw it, I felt like I was watching an episode of Roots. Yeah, that thing. It, it was traumatizing to watch. No lie. Yeah. yeah. When I was yeah. a kid, my mother made me watch Roots because you know my mother is definitely black power, power to the people. I'm telling yeah. you that it, it traumatized me. Roots. And Roots I, was traumatizing to be perfectly honest with you. I, I, I was a little girl, what a seven, eight year old watching Roots. And I was traumatized by that. But when I saw yeah. those men on those horses hitting those people with the with the rent, I, I it is. I, I had to turn it off. I said I, I can't watch this. This is so. The United States em, uh, emissary, uh, the ambassador to Hades, quit. To uh, uh, I think yesterday today, uh, he quit because uh, he didn't like the way the Biden administration was not taking care of business when it came to the people of Haiti and the way they were just deporting them. All crazy. Now, now, I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to say this to you. That is grounds. The way that they're treating those, the inhuman way that they're treating those people, that is ground for this president to resign. And I'm, and let me tell you something, Lady. I, I don't say that lightly because I, I was, and listen, I, everybody knows I wasn't a Trump fan at all. All right. And uh, I didn't like Trump at all. And I understand that the presidency is one office, but you can't. You can't be so easy to treat people of color like that, brown people like that. And they're so quick to treat black people like that. And it's ridiculous because let me tell you something. Had that been uh, some some Amish people or some Jewish people and, and they they would have went nuts. You, you understand what I'm saying? If, if guys, Gestapo would have surrounded Jewish people and beat them and took them away and hit them off like that, that would have been a serious situation. So I, I, I think, yeah. They didn't even treat the Afghan refugees like that. No, they did not. No, no they did not. And and, uh, and yeah. And the Haitians are in shock. I don't know if you saw this on the news, but they put chains. They put um, chains on their waist and on their arms and their feet. Come like on, man. Prisoners. Come on, man. Come on. And no, Come on. For real. I, 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 they were interviewing some of the Haitians and they were telling us what was happening. They were treating them like they were criminals, literally uh, uh, chains on their or ankles. like slaves or like slaves ankles yeah. their waist and their arm and their their wrist yeah Arms. shout out uh, listen pray for my Haitian brothers and sisters and just to be clear uh, the the Haitians that were trying to get in through that bridge uh, the, uh, that was trying to get in through the bridge they were not the Haitians um, right from Haiti they were Haitians that were already living in South America just just so y'all know uh, uh, yeah just so you, just so you know, they they were Haitians that were living in South America from the last hurricane. I mean, the last um, earthquake that was in Haiti. They were displaced from before. So what happened uh, because of the unrest, the uh, the assassination of the Haitian president, and then the recent earthquake, they felt that this was an opportunity for them to come to America and get some to to seek asylum because they had nowhere to go. So when the people came to America, they had nowhere to go. The Americans did not take them, and then they. They they really, uh, it, it's almost sad to say that it's almost a thing where it's very easy for them to demoralize and dehumanize uh, African Americans' authority. It, we do it to ourselves. 
So don't, don't, don't just blame white people on this one. We do this to ourselves. We demoralize and dehumanize our own people so much that it allows other people to do that. And, and I just think it's terrible, T. It, it really is. And some of the kids, like, uh, I forgot the amount. Yeah. 40, 50 kids. I don't know. Some of these children weren't even born in Haiti. Their passports are from Chile, yeah. uh, Brazil, and some other South American countries. And they were sent back to they were sent back to uh, Haiti where they've never been to Haiti. They don't know anything about Haiti. Again, we're dealing with woeful ignorance, woeful uh, cognitive dissonance and woeful ignorance where uh, we are allowing our people to be, tr- be to be as in some way treated as subhuman. Uh, that doesn't happen. That doesn't happen to Russian immigrants. That doesn't happen to German immigrants. That does not happen to uh, uh, immigrants from Western European countries. That only happens to us. And now, now let me give you guys the science behind this. And so now I'm glad you said that T. Here's the problem. Here's here's the miscalculation that the United States will always make. So right now in Haiti, uh, Barbados. Um, uh, St. Lucia, uh, Jamaica, and all of the other countries in Dominican Republic, the Chinese are buying up land and they're buying out those countries. And what they're doing is they're, it, they're, they're investing in these countries and building up these, these Caribbean countries right around the border of the United States. So what's going to happen is now people talking about there's a potential, like China was like, they were bugging because they thought Trump was about to attack them. And the reason why is because strategically what they've done is they've they've surrounded the United States by investing in these countries. You know this. You got a little Chinese Jamaican in you, too. I see it in your face. <laughs> she loves you. Yeah. I took, a, I took an ancestry DNA, so we're about to find out for real. Are you about, I did that, too. I, I, I did the 23andMe. You about to find out. You got a little Chinese in you. Well, well you know, in Jamaica... Uh, you know the Chinese are a big part of the population, and they built they built up all the Jamaican uh, places. So the the miscalculation in America, they were so hyper focused in all these years of oppressing black people and beating down black people. They spent all this time trying to secure black people as second class citizens. They've allowed the Koreans, the Indians, the Chinese, and all these different other different uh, uh, races. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, uh, different uh, people to come into this country and take over, and now buy up around the country because they don't care about the color. They just like, look, man, this is about money for us. It's about position. It's about they playing chess while the American government is playing checkers. The Ch- the Chinese are playing chess, and they've surrounded the board with their people. So at the end of the day. Um, the Chinese are playing the long game. They're playing chess and they're playing the long game and they're beating America at their game. And at this point, America has been America. It's like you lost the game. and You don't even know it. You know how most chess games are over before the game's over. This game is over for the United States because at this point, the only thing they could possibly do was try to flex muscle in the, in the uh, what they're doing now. They're trying to flex muscle in the Indochina Sea. And uh, uh, it doesn't really matter at this point. The Chinese have already won. The, the Indians over here, they've taken over. The Indians have, the East, the, the Asian population, the Indians have taken over all of the hotels. They've taken over all of the, the convenience stores. They've taken over uh, a lot of the restaurants. They're in the construction. They're in the IT business. They're, in, they're the doctors. And, they're, you know, there's so many different things that the Indians are doing and the Chinese are doing. And the Americans are just sitting there. And, and they're getting like, listen, I, and let me tell you something. I don't agree with everything Farrakhan says. And I love the minister Farrakhan, Farrakhan right? 
I don't always agree with everything Farrakhan says, but Farrakhan said something. He said, and Malcolm X said this too. He says, America's chickens are coming home to roost. And there's nothing you can do about this because the country, as much as I love this country, and you know that I'm a patriot when it comes to the idea of America. Not, you know, so much the way that they handle things, the way they mistreat our people, but the actual idea of America is a great idea. But they never lived, the country never lived up to its idea. And, and that's they, that's the problem. And focused on the wrong thing. Yeah, focus on the wrong thing. Focus black, focus on the black people. Black people here would be would have been loyal. I'm not talking about I mean, obviously we went through slavery and all this stuff. Yeah. Black people here would have been loyal to this country yep. had this country treat us right. Because where do black people in this country go? This is the only country we know. Right. So now you have foreigners coming in. I mean, like you said, why would America this point blank, allow the Chinese to go to, like you said, Jamaica for sure. Yep. And we've had, now, let me just clarify something. There are Chinese people who came as indentured servants, okay, yeah. just a little bit above slaves when slavery was abolished in Jamaica. So you're talking about slavery was abolished in Jamaica, 1832. So you're talking about the, in the 1830s, okay, the Chinese started to come over there as workers, the Chinese that are there today doing all of this construction are not those Chinese. No, they're, they're not. not. No. Chinese Jamaicans. Those are Chinese nationals. They come in with their businesses. They built up the island. The island will never be able to repay China for the work that they've done. That infrastructure that they put in there, there's no way. And the Jamaican government gave the Chinese all the land. There's a super highway that goes from Kingston to the North Coast. The the you the Jamaican government gave the child for free from Kingston to Negril and Mobe and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. gave the land on the side of this superhighway for free. They did not have to pay. It was part of the package. Wow, Jamaica will never be able to pay that money back. So you talk about Barbados and all these other islands. Why would the United States, who's so afraid of communists, allow a communist country? to come in and buy up all this land and build up all this infrastructure in countries. I live in Charlotte, North Carolina. It's a two and a half hour flight from here to Jamaica. Right. That's right. It. The Chinese already said that they are going to build a military base in Jamaica. I'm not sure if it's going to be in Kingston or is it going to be in, you know, uh, Otriusmo Bay, but they have already have talks of building a military base on the island. Wow. Wow. Come on now, America. And, and we're sitting there back and forth arguing about a vaccine, and these people are setting up to take over the country from different points, from different ports that are right off our waters, uh, really right. right off of Florida, which is, you know, Cuba is right next to Jamaica, and right. what's next to Cuba? Miami. Miami is right next to Cuba. This is this is exactly what's happening. And and, and let me just give you uh, so so. All right, we just gave some facts, right? Those are all facts, right? Let me give you uh, the opinion. Uh, yeah, yeah. We can sit back and blame uh, uh, the white uh, establishment for our problems in one sense, but I'm going to call into and this is very controversial. What I'm going to say, and so you got to just know that I'm saying this on my own and. TD has her own opinion, but I'm saying the, the problems that we had in our country is that we're too loud. 
we're too loud. Every time we want something, we got to protest and march for it, as opposed to sitting back, getting into a room, sitting down, and making the plans. That we're way too loud. Malcolm X, too loud. Martin Luther King, too loud. You know, I, I made a joke. Uh, I was talking to my sister Maria Davis, and I said, uh, the problem with, um, c- with civil rights was we wanted equal, and we settled for civil. <laughs> We wanted equal rights and we settled for civil rights. In other words, stop beating me if I drink at a water fountain that says for whites only. Not, you know, not give me equal rights and allow me to buy homes in the same place you buy homes for the same rate and let me let me enjoy the American dream. But instead, we settled for civil rights because we were so loud. They saw us coming. That is the biggest problem we have in our community. We way too loud. We don't sit down in a room and say, this is what we're going to do. But you know who does that? The Korean people do it. The Jewish people do it. The Arab people do it. The Chinese people do it. The Indian people do it. They sit in the room and they get together and they make their plans and the people follow. We don't. Now, now, now. Yeah. There's the other side to that. Go ahead now. And and this is, uh, this is just for argument's sake. Black people in America we don't have a country. I, I mean, obviously, I am a, a, a naturalized citizen of the United States, but yeah. let's just, I'm just talking about black people. Let's just say Talk about me, guys whose family from from Virginia, South Carolina. There is no place to go to. There is no other country that you're associated with. This is it. Right. 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 And because of I have to say it, it's the history of slavery, yeah. the way it was all set up. It is not going to be so easy to do what you are asking. I disagree because exactly. e- even in your conversation, you gave the point. You said that in uh, in 1830s, uh, the Chinese were indentured servants, and then the other Chinese came over and did what they had to do. At the end of the day, yes, slavery was bad, but every population in the world has been through slavery, whether it's indentured slavery, whether whatever the case may be, there's been slavery all over the world. At what point do we as African-Americans sit back and say, listen, no, we can't we can't have it no more and stop asking my problem with Black Lives Matter is like we're asking you, sir, could you please make why does my life? Why do I have to matter to you? I don't need to matter to you. I need to matter to me. That's who I need to matter to. And you know what's going to matter? My dollar is going to matter. My money is going to matter. You know, the biggest problem we have in our urban communities is nobody owns their homes. We all rent. So how do you, how, how do you have power over the school district if you just rent? How can you fund? How can the, the tax dollar funds the school district? How do you how do you have power without economic power? You have no weight. You have no strength without economic power. Well, the the problem is is that we don't have in our community. We don't have leadership. We just don't. Uh, hey, hey! You have just nailed it, my sister. Let's just be real. Most people want to be led. Because we look to rappers and athletes for leadership in our community and as opposed to the people that are supposed to lead us because the people that are supposed to lead us don't lead. They sell out as soon as you pay them. And, okay, I'm going to be controversial, and I don't want to say this. Uh, This is Lay saying it's not Tanya. That goes all the way from Jesse Jackson down. Okay? Uh, All those guys, at some point, they get paid off. 
They get paid off. Those guys, once you get to a certain level, that somebody's going to creep in there and pay you off. And then you're going to sell out your community. Because this, this is this is the that is absolutely true. Yeah. And, and the, this government, like no offense to the lady who wanted us to have Juneteenth as a national holiday. Yeah, come on. Yeah. Black people have been celebrating Juneteenth for decades without the permission of this government. Right. Okay? Right. Right. What they it's just it, let's go right back. It's going right back. We're looking for approval. We're not looking for approval, but it's economics is what we need. Right. Oh, this, I don't. We don't need another holiday. We don't need all that. Show right. me the money. Enough where's, of this. Enough of this. We're too stuck on symbolism. Yeah. Where's the money? Yeah. Yeah. Where's yeah. the money at? That's yeah. the thing because this is what everybody else is doing. It's so funny. Um, my husband takes used to take my son to the um barnes and noble yeah to, you know read and stuff like on a friday night right look at buy books and read he said when i go in there on a friday night there are all these indian people with their children and they're all playing chess and the barnes and noble lets them come in there and i'm not talking about one or two kids i'm talking about set up shop in the barnes and noble and they're all in there playing chess or if they're not playing chess, they're, you know, they're reading or studying. or do- This is how these people do. They're not even from this country. And they come in and they're just doing this stuff. And I'm like, we have to get our priorities straight. Right. And we've got to get, le- it's the money. Martin Luther King was not a problem until we talk about economic empowerment. That, no offense against any white people watching, but white America is fine with the, us being little rappers and and not little rappers, but, you know, rappers and ball players and entertainers. And yeah, but once we start putting our money together, that's a problem. Why did they why did they destroy Black Wall Street? Because that was a that was a, a evidence. Well, not just Black Wall Street. They they um, they destroyed not just Black Wall Street. They destroyed and, and, and drowned multiple black cities. So yes. I guess I guess all they want us this is what they want us to do. They just want us to be here. That's it. That's what they want us to be. That's it. They want to know what's next. That's what everybody wants to hear and see, which is fine. That's what they want us to see. They they that's all that is the entire they want us drunk and uh and uh and uh, and then fighting over nonsense, yeah. Hang out. Party hangout, yeah, yeah. And, and spend money. No offense against Louis Vuitton, Gucci, and and all these other brand names that we that we wear. I have some of those items myself. Right. Those companies are are pouring back into our community. I'm very happy for uh, the gentleman in Harlem, Dapper Dan. Shout to Dapper Dan. I'm, 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 you know, he worked very hard for years, but it's it's always them. You know, giving us our props umpteen years later, the Emmys. Right. Look at the amount of people that were up for awards at the Emmys, and not one black person. What, maybe one got an award? No, got there was no no black people got an award in the Emmys. But uh, but why is that? Why do we have to? You know, what I'm saying at the end of the day, when um, the approval for our 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 music is done by the white establishment, the approval for uh, our movies is all by white establishment. So, in other words, everything we do has to be through the American established lens. It's not so much that's the approval part of it. That's why 
uh, only certain rappers get through. Sometimes there's, they, you know, Jay-Z is a super talented rapper. Let's not take anything away from him. But what about guys like Mike Geronimo and those other artists, Kwamega, AZ, amazing talents. But you always go, why is this guy go and this guy doesn't go? And not to say that Jay-Z sold out to anything because Jay-Z had to work and bust his ass to get where he had to go. But there's also another a situation where you have to partner with certain pieces of the white establishment. If you don't partner with that establishment, there's no way that you're going to be successful. This is a reality. And and you have to understand, which I don't have a problem with that because at the end of the day, this is their country. But the economic side of that is, yo, man, we got to now do something with it now. Socially, do something with it for the community. Don't just say, I'm out of the community. You have to go back and then bring out who you need to bring out. You can't have $14 trillion in economics and I mean, we're not doing anything with that. $14 trillion in spending Black people spend annually. $14 trillion. Wow. That's a heck of a lot of money. And, and uh, yeah, we're, the money we're, stays we're running around our, our neck with the jewelry and all that stuff. Exactly. The money stays in our community. I said They said for the Black community, our dollar goes into like three hands, it, it, like three times, and then it's out of our community. Three times. Well, that, that's me to my kids, and then it's gone. Is that? It's gone. Is <laughs> <laughs> is just keeping it one hundred? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I I, I get that. Um, one hundred. But anyway, it's a problem that we're not going to solve in one day. And at the end of the day, I do think uh, when we talk about Haiti, and they are first Haiti. of all, when we talk about Haiti, they are absolutely. Um, really suffering over there and as a community we have to now get together and embrace ourselves and stand up for the Haitian community because if we could stand up for Afghanistan people the Afghans all the way across the on the side of the world we should stand up as a community for the Haitian community I think that's important I think that's important Haiti though unless France says listen you know what we did is wrong what we're doing is wrong France, France is never going to do that. Give that long. France is never going to do that. that long. Right. Let the people go. Because guess what? They said, okay, we're going to let y'all be free, but we ain't going to free y'all. Y'all be over there, and we're going to give you as minimal resources as possible, and you won't be able to sustain yourself. And you won't. It was basically, to be quite frank, it's sort of like back in the slavery days when, and I have a for those of you watching, I do have a, a minor degree from Syracuse University in African American Studies, so I have studied a lot. And when go get him, T. <laughs> go get him, T. When you look at slavery, right? That whole system of the master punishing the slave in front of the other slaves, right? Drive a lesson home. Don't you try to do this. That is what France did to Haiti. Said, listen, you other black slaves around the place, around the Caribbean, around the United States. Right. You try to do what Haiti did to us. This is how they're thinking. We are going to make sure that you will never be economically viable. And so before any of you other countries try to do this, let me show you what's getting ready to happen. I'm going to put this out to the audience and I'm going to say this to you guys. Will we ever, uh, will we ever be mentally free? That's the, see, the problem is not the actual legal slavery and all that stuff, but will we ever be free mentally of slavery? 
That's that's the thing. Our mental slavery. Are we ever going to be free of our mental slavery? And I think that's the biggest problem we have, no matter what. Even if you get to be an artist, uh, think about the music artist. I've never seen an artist that's that's hot complain about the music industry. They always complain after their records fall off and they say, oh, I got jerked or somebody jerked me, whatever the case may be. But they never complain about it while they got hot records out, you know? I think probably, you know, I'm just keeping it real, maybe another 100 years. We won't may not be here around here to see this, but maybe another hundred years things will change. What I am finding though, there are people like uh, shout out to uh, there's a, there's a podcast that comes out called Earn My Leisure, Earn Your Leisure, which they talk about uh, 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 black empowerment and wealth, and and a lot of guys are are they show guys how they can make money and invest and all the stuff. Earn Your Leisure is doing well. Then there's also a few guys out there getting black people to buy property like what they do in Atlanta they're flipping houses in Atlanta so there there is there is sparks of black success i don't want it to seem like everything is bad in our community because we oh, are doing no. well yeah 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 what you said about breaking the mental slavery that's very different from temporary I mean, temporary economic freedom that's a whole yeah that's a whole nother that's a whole nother mindset it is. It's a whole nother mindset. Yeah. It, it, it's, it really is. Okay. All right. Well, anyway, so 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 we're going to go off that. But listen, let me just say, Haiti, we're praying for Haiti. Yeah. Tanya Hazelhurst Duncan, it's your boy Uncle Lays in the World Perspective. Shout out to my OSG family. Shout out to the MOP family. Yeah, man, we have a good time. So now, to lighten things up, because we were really heavy, heavy, heavy. My next my next segment, I want to talk about something called managing relationships. I want to talk about love, friends, how to manage your relationships. I think that's important. That's a that's a very important thing. A lot of times in our in our in our lives we have a problem managing relationships. Now I I read something about uh, Instagram. I said there is a rash of young women uh, committing suicide because uh, they are uh, having problems managing their relationships because of social media. There is an unnatural social media uh, bombardment on relationships now. So now our relationships are just social through social media, like whether or not how many likes you get, whatever the case may be. And that's causing a toxicity and our young women and young boys, you see all that stuff. People are they get beef on social media. Next thing you know, somebody goes out there. And sh- What's happening in Jacksonville is crazy. You know, they go out there killing. So the question is, how do we manage our relationships? Uh, I'll give you one option: uh, managing your relationships with your friends, like say your high school friends, and that you grow. How do you manage those relationships, T? Mm. You mean my, I went to all girls high school, like my. I mean, I'm friends with a lot of the girls that I went to right. high school with. Um, matter of fact, somebody's coming to visit and <laughs> coming to Charlotte next week. It's like, can you hang? <laughs> like, all right. Can you still be friends with the same people that you were friends with all those years? Or are you different? It really depends on the person. Because you, ch- if you are the same person that you were, like, for me, probably that's 30 plus years ago. Right problem i am not the same person that i was back then yes there are things about my character that are the same 
but I've evolved as a person. And now, can you maintain those relationships? Like I said, number one, it really depends on the person. Also, too, sometimes your friends from the past only see you as the person from the past. They don't know who you are now. And so they try to communicate with you and deal with you as if you were the same person. And then if you've changed, then it becomes a problem in relationship. That's right. And sometimes it times out. Whereas, whereas like, um, like I had boys when I was younger that we would just do everything together, hang out, whatever, you know. And then now it's like, eh, whatever. What's up, man? How you doing? You good? I got I got to go back to the biblical saying, uh, how can two walk together? At least they agree. If you and I don't have anything in common, you know, when you're a teenager, you're still trying to figure out who you are. You know, you want to do teenage things. You know, you go to the school dance, you hang out, you know, you do stuff. When you're older, it's like, you know what? You could have a business that you're trying to run. You could have a family that you have to raise, you know, children you have to raise, a husband, a wife, you know, um, Life changes a lot. A lot. It gets more complicated too. I think um, yes. men. Uh, and if you're single, and then you want to hang out with your friends that are married, it, it's just it's challenging. This it's 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 definitely a challenging thing. You know, I, I was thinking, like I got friends I've had for like maybe forty years, and then friends I've had for recently of like maybe five or three or whatever the case may be. And I do find that a lot of my friends that I used to hang out with, uh, we don't see eye to eye. We we can have the same community because we don't. They don't have the same issues that I have. So I find myself hanging out more with family guys, guys that have a family, have children, because we have more in common. Like for me, I'm a golfer, so I find me and my golf buddies hang out. I don't like to hang out as much in the street, you know. Like I got, no, like I, one of my boys, uh, he he likes to hang out in the street. They do certain things. Like he's still my man. I love him to death, but I can't hang out with him anymore. I, I don't, I don't see him in, in the same way, you know, because I have different. Or well, you have different responsibilities. I think responsibilities will dictate your, uh, uh, this that, that dictate your friends as well. The, your, your level of responsibility. True. Yeah, you know, and, and you know, I'm going. You see, <laughs> level of responsibilities. I get it. Yeah, he's speaking of respect right there. Boom, your kids acting yeah, crazy. <laughs> but I, I think it's important that in our community that that you know we're supposed to grow up. A lot of guys don't grow up. Yeah, you know, people are like, you know, I want to Netflix and chill. Y'all, I'm trying to build an empire. Netflix right, right. <laughs> I'm trying. To- what are we building? What are we building? Yeah, well, how are we? Well, you know, also women are not attracted. When you're younger, you're attracted to the guy. He's kind of cool. He's sly, you know, whatever the case may be. But when you get older, you're attracted to a guy that's stable. Uh, you know, women women find more attractive to men that are that that have a plan on, on how they're going to get out this life properly. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, what's your life insurance like? <laughs> what's, your, what's your investment? What are you leaving? <laughs> Can we buy a house? Yeah, yeah. Is it is it whole life or is it term life? What are we doing? No, no speaking of that, I'm not trying to be funny, but the whole AJ the AJ Johnson situation, they had to raise money for his funeral. And not, the wife yeah, got on social either. media and was like, you know, fake friends and fake this. You know, I didn't want to say nothing. I'd be like, sis, that is your husband. You and him. Should I mean this whole thing that we're gonna live forever 
We all got to go. Get a life insurance policy. I don't care if you have to pay five dollars, twenty five dollars, something, something, anything. something to take care of your, just to take care of your final, so, your yeah, final you got, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She got on social media and she was angry because people were showing her, you know, condolences and love. And then she went on a rant about fake love. I didn't see the rant, but that's what they said. And if she did say it was fake love, it's not fake love. No offense, it's not the public's responsibility. So let me give let me give you as a man, I find it harder to even uh, communicate with a lot of women nowadays. Uh, and not that I will go around communicating, but just having conversations with women because I think even in the conversations, they seem to be stuck in some weird, uh, just like a weird fog of what reality is. Joy Palmer, good morning. Good good evening, cuz. Good to see you, cuz. Um, it, it, it's just a weird uh, fog of reality. You know what I mean? Not worrying about, like, I'm worrying about more social things, the future of our community, what we're going to do. And they're worried about, you know, hair, nails, you know, uh, you know, like, you know, they won't take care of their health, but their hair is done. You know what I'm you know what I'm saying? Or, or are we going to go out to the club or whatever the case may be? And I'm like, look, man, we got to focus on something more. Com- like, I'm I'm more community orientated. I'm more focused on my community. It's kind of hard to have conversations with women who don't have that focus from a man's point of view. And most men, I'm going to be honest with you, at, at some, at, you got some men that are complete assholes that are still stuck and very selfish men. But but a lot of men are, are really community orientated. Like, yo, man, we got to do something about these boys out here. We got to do something about these boys. I think that has a lot to do with in relationship. It has a lot to do with the emasculation of uh, the the man in 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 the home. I think the women have decided that the men are no longer needed, and I think that's a big mistake in the home. I, you know, I think obviously there's a historical reason for emasculation. Right. Black men were first emasculated by the slave master in front of the female slaves. Let's yeah. just at 100 right there uh I, I from america with the raping of the women and the children in front of the man who yeah. his wife and children to jamaica where uh, the buck, back breaking buck, buck breaking yeah buck breaking yeah this is why that whole uh the resistance with the you know the 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 gay community all of that that's a that's a uh, uh, slave. That's historical from slavery. The reason why people are just looking like, oh, these people are bad people because they think this way. No, you got to look at history of why this is a problem there. Okay, so let's just look at the historical emasculation of black men. Now, fast forward. Right. Come into the 1970s. We've passed the civil rights. Right now, we're going into the 70s where it's you know free love and hip. And, you know, people are, you know, freedom. Right. So we got all this freedom. But guess what starts happening? Black people are now in the projects. So the government is saying, if you leave your man and you come over here and you have these babies, I'll give you money. But you can't have the man in the home. So that's another form of emasculation. And then they put then they put the the, they put on Time magazine, uh, the uh, the Time magazine, the picture of a welfare queen. It was a black woman when white when uh, white women were, when the white people really by capita were more taking of the welfare system than the black people because by, we don't have the population to be that big of a burden on, on, on the welfare system. That, that's a lie. That's a, that's a lie that's been propagated by the U.S. government. 
Absolutely. If 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 welfare was only for black, majority for black for black people, it would have been gone already. Right. It wouldn't exist. What about all the Russian Jews up in Brooklyn <laughs> that are all on welfare and getting food stamps and all kinds of assistance and running a business right. at the same time? The biggest welfare chiefs they say was the Orthodox. Uh, the, some of the Hasidim that were getting caught. Uh, I'm not. I'm not. Uh, first of all, I'm not making any statements against the Jewish people per se. No, no, no. We're not yeah, talking about yeah, yeah. But I'm. But I'm speaking about actual fact that they they were charged. A lot of them were charged with uh, with, with welfare fraud, and that That's was a big deal. Big, 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 big deal. Like I said, if welfare was for the benefit of only black people or majority black people, it would not be in existence today. Wow. We that we're just the scapegoat for the advertisement that America wants the, the, everyone to see. Oh, yes, you see, we have to have we have to have this welfare because look at the blacks. Well, let's talk about let's talk about the the, the emasculation of the black man no, in the back. community. Okay, yeah, the emasculation. All right. You, right. you got to bring it back. Bring it yeah, back. <laughs> I bring it back. So so, you know, when it comes to this and it's hard to talk about it, because now what I found. So my man Drez, he did um he did a uh, he made a statement. Uh, Drez made a statement the other day, and I thought it was a little. I, th- I I thought it was in poor taste, but I know Drez well enough to know Drez from Black Sheep that I know that he's not a guy that would make a statement uh, out of malice. He's not a he, he's not an anti-gay person or whatever the case may be. I I don't believe. I, I believe you're gay. That's your business. I, I don't think it's a thing to talk about. I think your personal life is your personal life. You know what I mean? But uh, he made a statement. He said, this is what he said. He said, quote, unquote, um, uh, uh, shout out to everybody who's, who remains straight in these gay times. Now, I thought that was a, I thought that was a poor choice. That was a poor, that was a poor, it was, it was, it was poorly worded. Uh, what he was meant to say was everybody who stayed strong through all the times of, you know, instability, you know, whatever the case may be. But the problem is you can't even have that conversation in our community without being canceled, without yeah. being like just, you know, you can't have that kind of a conversation about the men in our community uh, standing up because I don't think that standing up for your community has anything to do with your sexuality. I think it has to do with your morality as opposed to your sexuality. And I think that uh, what we find is that people spend so much time worrying about another person's sexuality as opposed to understanding the morality of the human being because who am I to, to, to tell you what you do behind your closed doors? You know what I'm saying? That's not my business. But I also don't think that we should be preaching that to children in school. Not, you know, young children. That shouldn't be something that young children should be having to deal with. I think everybody has to find its own, you know, everybody has to balance their own account at some point. And I don't think that there should be, you know, Either way, we shouldn't be prom- promoting full boyfriend and girlfriend relationships, or uh, you know, boy and girl, girl and girl, man on man on man. We shouldn't be promoting any of that. I think that is a personal situation. Why are we? Wh- why is that a thing that we're promoting in society? Why are we using? Why are we promoting that negatively or positively? I think just people should just do what they do, and that's their personal business. I don't think you know. I I I don't want to know. I don't want to know your sexuality. I don't want to know. I just want to know if you're a good person. What did, what the hell does your sexuality have to do with me? You know, and and that's I I think that's a big problem in our community. We get so caught up in that, and then uh, the community. Uh, if you if you say even if you say something 
in context, and I and and maybe one day I'll have um, we'll have a conversation about that with um, some people that can be that are more fluent that understand more about from the other side of that conversation. But uh, I just think that it's just a hard. I think I think it's I think we're overly sexed up in this country. Oh well, that's 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 clear. <laughs> that is clear, and this is why nothing against the 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 Arabic countries and the Muslim ba- you know Muslim majority Muslim uh, based countries. This is their problem with America. Like I'm not saying that they don't do things. Just because you have on a hijab or you're covered up doesn't mean or the men are saying that the women should be this way, that things are not going on. Because trust me, there are many documentaries to show you what's really going on behind the scenes. Well, I can tell you, I, I know I travel to these countries. I know what's going on. It's, it's, yeah. it's not, so trust me, yeah, yeah, on. a lot going on. <laughs> a, lot, yes. a lot going on. A whole nother, a, a whole nother thing going on. That's yeah. a whole other thing. Right. But, um, but we are overly sexualized. I think going back to the emasculation, I think because of our history of slavery, uh, black women, uh, because we've had to be the leader, because the way the government set up things for our men not to be there and they emasculated our men from the beginning, it it, it was difficult. But it's interesting, um, post-Reconstruction, all the way up to the civil rights movement, there were more married to family home Black families than there has ever been since. Okay. So, which goes back to even the economic strength of having a Black Wall Street in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and all the other Black Wall Streets that existed around the country that people don't know about. That, like you said, that was not the only one. There were many thriving Black communities, and where you had two parent homes, people were married, people were developing, you know, their communities. And then here comes the 1970s when they, the the U.S. government was like, Mm-mm, because if if you have a strong family base, then you can you have a strong power base. You will never, ever, ever build a nation off of single parent parent. Uh, if everyone that was that, that oh, hold on for a second, that, that's very true. So while while we spend so so much time worrying about people, at the end of the day, there has to be a family structure in your house. Whatever your family structure is, it's got to be a family structure. It's got to be a family. We have to. The bottom line is, you have to maintain a family structure in your home, and that's how that's the chances that your child will be successful in the world. Maintaining your family structure, I, I think that's the most. I think what you said. I think to wrap that that particular relationship subject up. The bottom line is the purpose of these relationships is to create family structure. And whether that's village structure, family could mean village structure. It could mean right. whatever it is. Every situation is going to be different. But right. I'm just, right. Right. I'm, I'm thinking, I'm speaking theoretically. Right, right. 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 No, no, no. I think you're right. Family structure is yeah, very important. Family structure. I come from a home where my parents are divorced. Did that affect me economically? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Having both parents with both incomes, my life changed quite a bit. <laughs> well, we find a lot of in, in our community, a lot of single parent homes are are raising our kids. And we find that because of that, a lot of the boys are growing up without the father in their lives. And then we find that a lot of the women are growing up without the father. And that's having a, an effect on them. Uh, a solid effect. I know this for a fact, and I, and a lot of the and, and and I hate to say this, but 
also it's it's a cycle because the mother has a uh, the father has a responsibility but also a mother has a responsibility because at the end of the day all the information that the children get is from the mother first the first, they get it from the mother first so if the mother doesn't have a family structure then the children very unlikely that they're going to get a family uh a structure from the mother that's a hard thing from the mother but the father is still the leader right the okay is- the father is still the leader. Mm. Can come in and, and I, that's a that's a controversial sister. That is a very controversial statement you're making right there. Mm. You're saying the father is supposed to be the leader biblically. Yes, the father is supposed to be the leader. Yeah, and you talk about emasculation. It's very difficult for women to be in their feminine energy, right? When they have to be a father and a mother. That's true. Or, or, or whatever energy they're in. It's hard to, you, you need a balance in your home. Balance. It's hard to be soft. Women, we, we, by nature, we should be able to be soft because we have a man who's being hard. You know, he's the leader. He's the tough guy. We're, we're the nurturers. We're the, te- you know, the teach, first teachers of children, just like you said. But it's very hard to be that way. When displaced, you know, displaced yeah. representation in the home. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, uh, I, I agree. I agree with that. Yeah. that I'm traditional, but I, I have I'm not seeing it work very well. Yes, you may have you may guess you raised your child. And, and but trust me, if you look at the root, a missing parent, whether it be mother or father, affects the children and affects their relationship. The worst thing I hear from mothers say is that, and I've heard this in my life growing up, I'm the mother, I'm the daddy, I'm the, but that's, yeah, that's hard. It's hard to do that. How do you do that? There's no way my mother couldn't be my father. No matter how much she tried, she could not be my father. Right, right. My father not being there, he was there, but not in my home. Dealing with me, <sighs> it affected me. That as is well. a complicated uh, open. That is a very complicated uh, uh, conversation we're having about our community because, in a sense, uh, you know, the one thing about your origin story is the most important thing you can have as a person. And if you don't know where you come from, how can you know where you're going? And a lot of times, uh, when we have displaced origin stories, I find that a lot of these young men don't even really know their fathers or who their fathers is or who their father was, or especially if the father's gone. They don't know the father's side of the family. So they don't really know who, who they are and they have personality traits that come from the family, but they don't really know who they are. And that, that is a tough situation. So it's kind of tough to, 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 to you, you think about this in, um, in, in the white communities and a lot of, a lot of, a lot of white communities that have families that have been here even the immigrants have been here two or three generations. They can they can cycle back to the old country, whether it's Italy or Ireland. They have cousins. They have families that's been there for hundreds of years. So they have sort of a connection. As you said earlier in the conversation, as African-Americans, we do not have a connection to anything. So we've been displaced. Uh, I couldn't tell you if I was from Senegal or Ghana or Nigeria I don't know any of my family that's only 300 years back, which is not a long time in, in comparative to family genes because, um, you know, uh, you can go to Switzerland and Germany and you can have people that will trace their family back to three, 400 years. So, so basically it's kind of, you know, when you look at it, you have a displaced people uh, trying to figure out how they're going to exist in a country of displaced people. 
<laughs> that's that's a that's a heavy one. It's facts. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, that's that's facts. Well, you know what? I and, and and well, let me just let me just turn this up on a, on a, on a better note. In spite of that, we we still thrive. That's how strong we are as a people. In spite of that, we still thrive. Uh, uh, I couldn't tell you that I was a guy that was supposed to make it in any kind of way, form, or fashion. And I was, I was able to, to struggle and fight through a lot of different trials and tribulations in my life. And I'm, and I'm here today to, 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 to now, as a servant to our community, to give back to those people that can't. And, and we can't fix everything. We can't fix everybody. But at the end of the day, we can be accountable for ourselves. And I think, that's, I think accountability in our community is the first thing. And we don't like that. You do know. No, that. no, nobody likes to be accountable. Nobody <laughs> likes to, nobody wants to be told about their shit. That's why I love my man Dennis McKeezy, Easy Breezy. Because he is. <laughs> I love I love a guy who, uh, who who can sit there and tell you about yourself, even whatever. Like, oh, you know, you did that. You know, it messed up. I ain't really mad at you, but I'm just telling you what you did was messed up. And a lot of times people don't like to hear what they did wrong. They want to just push it away, push it under the covers because they can't handle uh, the truth. They can't handle themselves. That's it's crazy. And, well, and it's unfortunate for us as the black community until we start dealing with ourselves. You asked about how to get out of mental slavery. Yeah. The way to get out of mental slavery is to personal, res- personal responsibility. How about that? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Personal responsibility. I've been saying this since I was an activist. I was a a black student activist when I was in college. Uh, Anybody that went to Syracuse that when I did, they'll tell you that. Um, But I will say this. It's like I used to say all the time, there's no rescue ship coming for black people in America. There is no rescue ship. So we better figure out how to sail this ship or the ship is going to sink. And, well, and, well, now, now, check this out. So we got a few minutes left, uh, and I'm going to talk about a very complicated subject. And I know that you don't like me talking about this subject, but it's a very complicated subject. So I want to take the lead on this one. Last week, uh, the judge came down with a mandate that in New York City schools, if you don't, if you're not vaccinated, you cannot attend. You cannot teach in schools. It doesn't matter if you're a principal, if you're a janitor, if you're a school security, if you're a sub, if you're a para, doesn't matter who you are. If you're not vaccinated by uh, by Tuesday, I think it is, then you cannot uh, work in the schools. I think that uh, for me personally, this came down executive order for Mayor uh, Bill de Blasio. Uh, I think it's too quick. I think vaccination is I'm vaccinated, so I'm not going to ask anybody's status, but I'm, I'm a vaccinated man. But I don't but I did it for my reasons. I didn't do it for any other reasons. I just think that it's a hard pill to swallow about getting people to take a vaccination, a vaccine. But for my opinion is if you want to work in society that's going to be vaccinated, you're going to have to. But now you can't even get into a restaurant in New York City. You can't go to a bar. You can barely go to certain stores in New York City. Um, it's really uh, it's really tough moving around in New York City if you're not vaccinated. So, you know, so, uh, I mean, I'm not going to ask you about your vaccination status, but my question to you, T, is do you agree with the mandate? I think it's extreme. Uh, one, thing yeah. your, one thing for your job, okay? But a restaurant, yeah, really, like, 
to me, that is just, we've been going all this time before people were still going to restaurants. They put the mask on. Why can't you just put on your mask and go eat? Or, you know, they have, they have outside seating. A lot of restaurants have done outside seating. Well, they're doing outside seatings for those, for the unvaccinated people that are not vaccinated, but you can't go in. But I think it's too extreme. That's just my personal opinion. Yeah. Uh, Well, a lot of people feel that way, but then on the other side of the argument is that, um, if you're not vaccinated, I mean, we got, yeah, we got to deal with COVID. It does not prevent you from spreading COVID. It does not. Okay. So right now, now, Sunny from The View, who was, who got vaccinated, she, they were having, Kamala Harris was supposed to come on the show. Yes, I saw that today. Her and someone else, and they both have COVID. These are vaccinated people. Yeah, yeah. So now they had to pull the, the thing and pull the plug. Kamala can't be on the show. My issue is with this whole vaccine thing is, yes, people have to take the vaccine. I get it. Your job, you work in a hospital, you work in a school, do what you have to do. Not allowing people to go restaurants. Mm, I think that's extreme. But people need to understand. But these are private businesses, though, T. Well, they can then they have the choice to do whatever they want to do. Right. right? In other words, they're saying, listen, um, they're saying. uh, Yeah, that, that is that is fine. But the vaccine is not a cure. And so to have people with this false sense of security that I have the vaccine, so I don't have to wear a mask. I don't have to wash my hands. I could just be free willy because. No, I, I think that's two different conversation. I, I do believe. I don't, I don't think that anybody educated thinks that the vaccine is, is a, is a cure. I think that, I think what they said was the vaccine, uh, you have a lesser chance of dying on a respirator if you if you got the vaccine and so then percentages on that uh, okay the 99 okay out of 99.9 percent of the people that are dying from covid now 0.1 percent are vaccinated Mm, okay yeah those are numbers i mean you know i'm not i'm not saying you know i'm just telling you the numbers and the people that are dying are the unvaccinated by an overwhelming percentage so I mean I I just think that it it's a personal choice mm-hmm. but just know that they're circling the wagons so you're not going to be able to operate in New York any kind of way if you're not vaccinated. And I think I think it's a logical choice it's not science first of all science isn't something that science is something that you're learning it's not something that's a, that's a fact. You know science this science isn't a fact. Ever okay? evolving. Right, it's it's always evolving, so we can't, you know, we understand the situation. They thought the world was, they thought the world was was flat, and then right. they found it was round. You know, I mean. So my thing is, uh, 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 call your doctor. That's it. You know, let call your doctor and make that choice a personal choice. Find your pastor, call your doctor, and then make that choice for yourself. And I, and some people have. I talked to one principal the other day, and she quit. She no longer is working as a principal and she's now decided to move on with her life. That's how strongly she felt about it. So at, at the end of the day, it is a personal choice, but uh, you know, uh, we got to do something about this COVID. And, and, and uh, if, if it's helping to bring the numbers down, because at the end of the day, I don't want to go to another funeral on FaceTime. Well, I can tell you this in addition to, taking this vaccine, if this is your choice, I advise you to find a health coach. There's tons of information online to, to do what you can do to help your personal health, because 
if you have an underlying condition, if you have a heart disease, if you have cancer, diabetes, you can go on and on. We can go on and on with the diseases. Right. You are greater risk of, of, of dying early, period. And with that on top of it makes it even worse. It exacerbates the problem. That's the truth. Well, listen, I mean, and, and, and listen, like I said, this this show was not to have an opinion either way on the vaccine. All right. I, I do believe it's a personal choice. And I think that uh, if you decide to take the vaccine, do it because it's something that you wanted to do. And even if it's a mandated by your job, you still have a choice to decide to take the vaccine or not. Uh, like I said, I'm vaccinated. So I did it for my own reasons, not because of anything else. I have my own reasons why I took the Pfizer vaccine and and I wasn't going to take the vaccine, and I did. And I did that for my own reasons. And, and, and a lot of that had to do with my children and because of how active I am out there. And at the end of the day, um, if I have a chance to keep to not be in a hospital on a respirator, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? If I had a chance to do that uh, for the sake of my children, that's why I did it, you know. So and, and, and for what I'm for the uh, the amount of work that I'm doing in the community, I just wanted to make sure I was vaccinated and able to do it. Now, listen, I have other issues that I deal with between bourbon and cigars that I, that I work out. So I got my own kind of thing to figure out. That's my journey. But whatever your journey is, I suggest you pray on it and you get as much information as possible. And when you take the vaccine and not off of Facebook, not off of Instagram, go see your doctor, do your own real research to find out what's going on. And then if you decide to take the vaccine, let that be your choice. Let that be your logical choice that you decide to do for you. And you always need to do the best for you. This is your boy, Uncle Lays from The Raw Perspective. Shout out to my OSG family. Shout out to my MOP First family. Uh, I want to thank my co-host and my sister, Tanya Hazelhurst-Dawkins. Again, another great show. Always informative. Always dope. And and I appreciate everybody. You can find me again on uh, Spotify, on uh, Google Play, on Apple Podcasts, and everything else. But make sure whatever you do... You make sure that you uh, you get information for yourself, whatever that is. I want to thank everybody for coming in today. I want to thank TD Loving. You know what I mean? Love you like cook food. Shout out to Dr. D. Nice Bojolin. We're going to get you back here one week, doctor. Come see me Monday morning, 6 o'clock in the morning, all the way to 7. But I'm here at 5.30, acting a fool in the morning. Sometimes TD Loving pops in, you know, in the morning, whatever I can get her. If she's not busy with the picnic, then. Great, great discussion today, TD, huh? When is Fresh Start Focus coming back, TD? Uh, it'll be back on the second weekend of October. Second weekend of October, we are definitely going to be there. Price went up. And we're going to have a good time with that, too. And again, always great discussions on a raw perspective. And one thing about them, they're going to be raw. They're going to be true, and they're going to be honest discussions. There's not going to be no BS, no backdoor business here, man. (laughs) You guys have a great evening. And going down the road to the real discussion, hang on, my boy Rock Logic. He's over there talking some mess over there. Definitely, I'm going to go down there and mess with them in a second. Good night, everybody. I love the music part, right? Have a good night, everybody. It's your boy, Uncle. I appreciate everybody for coming in. Thank you very much. Have a great night.